0: Welcome to the Perfect Faith Podcast. I'm Kurt Klingerman, your host, and this is episode 11 of season 4. And this episode's entitled, What is Perfect Faith? And in this episode, we're going to answer that question, what is perfect faith? And then we're going to answer a few more about perfect faith, one of them being, do we have access? In other words, can we walk by perfect faith? And we're going to find out rather quickly that we can. So, let's jump into it. Okay, some have probably even asked this question. Where did you get your website name from or your YouTube channel and so on? Where did you come up with perfect faith? Well, this concept actually went back earlier in my walk in which I was trying to figure out this faith thing altogether. I had listened to a bunch of different teachers speaking about faith and it seemed like a number of them had these faith formulas. And I tried these faith formulas out, but it really seemed like they didn't produce very much fruit. So as I sought the Lord about faith, I felt like he led me to Galatians 2.20, which says, I am crucified with Christ, nevertheless I live. Yet not I, but Christ lives in me. In the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. And as I meditated on that verse, I felt like he highlighted a section of that verse, which said, in the faith by which I now live, I live by the faith of, the son of god wait a minute the faith of the son of god well that'd be the faith of jesus wouldn't it so the short answer by the way to what is perfect faith it's the faith of jesus i live by the faith of jesus okay starting to get a little bit of clarity here doesn't mean i understand how it works yet because how what does that look like to walk by the faith of jesus in fact you know how many really realize that not you know that god has faith Have you ever considered that, pondered that? I mean, he's asking us to walk by faith. So, believe it or not, he he has faith as well. In fact, the very things that he asks us to do, he's already done himself, which is an interesting thing. You have to check that out sometime. But anyway, another element when it comes to studying the Word of God, right? If you come across the principle, you should have a minimum of two or three verses of Scripture to go with it if not a whole lot more, okay? And he should have examples in scripture to go along with said principles that we find which we're going to get into that. And I am going to forewarn you, we are going to do we are going to get into the Bible quite a bit. We're going to be quoting or getting into different verses of scripture. We're not going to get overly anecdotal here. We want to stay with the word because it's important that we actually get God's truth in all of this. So, let's let's just keep on trucking here. So, With that in mind, the question came to me then is, okay, so Galatians 2.20 reveals that we walk by the faith of Jesus. Is there any other verse that states the same thing? Well, there's another one I'll give you, and there's a a number of others, by the way. But, you know, do some homework. Check it out for yourself, because I'm not asking you to take my word for it. I want you to dig in for yourself. It's important that you study for yourself and see what the word says. Let Holy Spirit teach you. Okay, so... Ephesians 3.12 says, In whom we have boldness and access with confidence by the faith of him. With confidence by the faith of him. Or another way that this verse could be rendered, through his faith. And incidentally, I'm pretty much reading by the King James Version, but I went through and kind of removed the these and the thou, so it's going to sound a hair different. But it's still going to be the same. I'm just trying to make it more easy to understand in terms of the pronunciations. Anyway, moving along. So, think about this. God has faith, right? I just, we just mentioned that a minute ago. God has faith. So, again, is there a verse that backs that up? Absolutely. Romans 3.3 3, For what if some did not believe? Shall their unbelief make the faith of God without effect? Did you see that? Make the faith of God without effect. And by the way, let me do a side note here. It says, what if some did not believe? Right? And it's a rhetorical question. You know, show their unbelief make the faith of God without effect? Well, absolutely not. But here's something else to consider. You do not need anybody else's permission to walk by faith. So whether or not someone else believes is irrelevant. What's important is for you to believe what the Lord's been telling you. That's what's important i mean god has his way of, of confirming his word but the bottom line is you it, there's a place in our walk when we have to become really confident in god and we're confident in where he's leading us where we don't really rely on other people to give us permission to walk by faith okay so what does god's faith look like how does it seem to how does it operate for him um and it goes like this. In Romans 4, verse 16 and 17, it says, Therefore it is of faith that it might be by grace to the end the promise might be sure to all the seed, seed, not to that only which is of the law, but to that which is of the faith of Abraham, who is the father of us all. As it is written, I have made you the father of many nations. Before him whom he believed, even God, check this out now, who quickens the dead and calls those things which be not as they were so god's faith calls those things that are not as if they were and by the way it's god who calls things that are not as if they were we don't really have that kind of authority i've heard people say well i call this into existence look there is a verse in the bible and i don't have the exact address but it's in in either first or second peter it says, if any man speak, let him speak as an oracle of God. And if anyone minister, let him minister according to the ability given him, right? Meaning that if we're going to speak, we're going to speak the words of God. So in other, in other words, unless God said it, we don't have the authority to say it ourselves. It has to begin with God. And that is a hint, by the way, to our faith or walking by perfect faith. It always begins with God. Faith belongs to him, comes from him. Works through him by him and so on, which we will see here clearly in a moment. In Isaiah forty six nine through ten it says this Remember the former things of old, for I am God and there is none else. I am God and there is none like me, declaring the end from the beginning, and from ancient times the things that are not yet heard, are not yet done, sorry, saying My counsel shall stand, and I will do all my pleasure. So, now we know God has faith. We have the faith of Jesus. Again, that's perfect faith. God's faith, the faith of Jesus, perfect faith. Have you ever considered this, that Jesus actually walked by faith when he was on this earth? Now, here's something that might help us understand even the Trinity a little bit better, too, and understand this concept of God, of Jesus being both God and being man at the same time. There's three positions that Jesus holds. I'm not saying these are the only three, but these are three that will help us understand this concept. And uh, this full disclaimer, I don't pretend to have an absolute perfect grasp of this. I just know I understand it better than I once did. And this is one thing that helped me a lot, is understanding this, that Jesus holds three positions, right? Son of man, son of God, and God the Son. As son of man, he represents man to God. As Son of God, He represents God to man, and as God the Son, He is Creator, right? All things were made by Him and for Him, the Bible says. So as the Son of Man, He came to this earth, and as the Son of Man, He died for us and died for our sins. And I'm going to touch a little bit more on that in detail here, in fact, right now, to be honest. So, do you remember when Jesus was baptized with John in the Jordan? And Jesus said it was important that he was baptized. Why is that? Well, some teach baptism as being an outs- an outward sign of an inward work, which to a degree that is a true statement, but it means more than that. When you get into the root meaning of baptize or baptismo, it means to identify with, okay? So, for example, if I had a, a white piece of cloth and I dipped it in red dye, and I pulled it out, what color would that cloth become? It would be red. And why would that be? It just identified with the dye, right? So when we're baptized into Jesus, we are identifying with Him, we're identifying with His death, we're identifying with His resurrection. It also is a vow in which we say that we are going to follow Jesus, and that He has complete ownership or lordship. That's what baptism is about. So when He was baptized of John, he was identifying with mankind so that he could die for our sins when he went to the tree. In John 5, verse 19, Jesus said this, And then answered Jesus and said unto them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, The Son can do nothing of himself, but what he sees the Father do. For what things soever he does, these also does the Son likewise. Okay, so part of... Walking by faith, then, and I need to back up just a little bit. I do believe. Okay, one of the things that Jesus said is that man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. You find that in Matthew four verse four, and that simply means what you think it means. It means we need to be listening, because John, because uh, Romans ten seventeen says faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. And that verse doesn't just merely pertain to the first time we heard the gospel message, but it actually is talking about receiving faith. In other words, faith comes by hearing, listening, and hearing by the word of God. So, in other words, for something to be an act of faith or a word of faith or a work of faith, it has to be something that originated from God, something that he said. Um, And, of course, I'm getting a little bit ahead of myself so, when Jesus was on this earth, he walked that example out, in other words. So, he just he just said that the Son can do nothing of himself, but what he sees the Father do, right? So, Jesus did what he saw the Father do. Now, again, he's talking as a Son of Man. In fact, if you really want to start to see this concept, study chapter 5 of John. And in this is an area in which Jesus really expounds on Son of Man. Son of God, and there is a difference between them to be sure, if we look at five uh, John chapter five verse twenty one through twenty five he said, "For as the Father raises up the dead and quickens them, even so the Son quickens whom he will, for the Father judges no man but has committed all judgment unto the Son, that all men should honor the Son even as they honour the Father." He that honors not the Son honors not the Father which has sent him. Verily, verily, I say unto you, He that hears my word and believes on him that sent me has everlasting life, and and shall not come into condemnation, but is passed from death unto life. Verily, verily, I say unto you, the hour is coming, and now is, when the dead shall hear, listen to this, when the dead shall hear the voice of the Son of God, and they shall hear and live. So, as the Son of God, He brings this life. Now, check this out verse 26 through 27 of chapter 5, still in John. For as the Father has life in Himself, so hath He given Son to have life in Himself, and has given Him authority to ex- execute judgment also, because He is the Son of Man. See, the Father gave Jesus the authority to execute judgment as the Son of Man. Now, what's why would He do that? What that simply means is that Jesus is going to judge as a peer. Does that make sense? In other words, to make it a fair a fair hearing. For example, we know, like at least in the U.S., we have a trial, you know, with a jury of our peers. So we're going to have people basically on our same level you know, passing judgment or sentence or or innocence or guilt or what have you based on inequality. I mean, here I'll give you a little tidbit, a little side note. Think about this one. Who who cast Satan out of out of heaven? Was it God? No. Was it Jesus? No. It was Michael the archangel. It was his peer. It was angel to angel. So in this case, when Jesus judges mankind, he's gonna be going to do that as the Son of Man, when he brings judgment. Now in John 12, verse 49 through 50, he says, For I have not spoken of myself, but the Father which sent me. He gave me a commandment, what I should say and what I should speak. And I know that his commandment is life everlasting. Whatsoever I speak, therefore, even as the Father said unto me, so I speak. So again, it gets back to Jesus lived by the proceeding word of God. And of course, this is another important element of faith. And again, I'm going to get into more of the mechanics of this. Is that walking by faith, it's going to require fellowship. And one thing you will notice as you read the Gospels, that Jesus often resorted by himself to get alone with the Father and talk things over with the Father. So that means that he would do, again, he would be getting his instructions. He'd be working things out. And, of course, they don't. the Word doesn't tell us exactly what those conversations were all about. We have little tastes here and there. But the point is simply this, is that before Jesus went about to do anything, he consulted Father first. And that is a clue for us. Before we do anything, we need to consult the Lord before we step out in what we would call an act of faith or a a work of faith. So here's the other question then. Can we walk by perfect faith? Or how can we walk by perfect faith? And I'll just, the quick answer is yes. But if I'm going to answer yes, I better have some scripture to back that up, right? All right, so let's do this again. Galatians 2.20, which I quoted at the beginning of this. I am crucified with Christ, nevertheless I live. Yet not I, but Christ lives in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. Okay, so I live by the faith of the Son of God. Now, how does this happen? How, how can we walk by the faith of the Son of God? We'll talk about how it's possible and what's it look like, okay? In John 3.3, 3, if you remember his discussion with Nicodemus, right, he said, Jesus answered and said unto him, Verily, verily, I say unto you, Except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Now, here's my here's a question for you. What does it mean to be born again? What does that mean exactly? Well, if you were to look it up in the Greek, you'd find out the word born again doesn't mean exactly what we might think it means in the English. It actually means... Uh, To be born from above. So in other words, it's not talking about some sort of repetition, you know, because we usually attach again to do something over or repeatedly. But it's really meaning to be born from above, right? We're being born from above. So with that in mind, we go to John 14, verse 16 through 17. So how does this this born again thing happen? Of course... Many of, you will, many of you will say, well, I prayed the prayer. You know, that's how I got born again. Yeah, that was your introduction into the faith. That is true. It's, that's how your faith operated as you put your faith in Jesus and he accepted you into this kingdom. But what are the mechanics of this being born again stuff? So here we go. John 14, verse 16 and 17. And I will pray the Father and he will give you another comforter. That he may abide with you forever, even the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive because it sees him not. Neither knows him, but you know him, for he dwells with you and shall be in you. Right? Holy Ghost, Holy Spirit will be in you. Now, check this out. This is really a wild thing that Jesus said in John 17. This is when he's praying to the Father. And i got some follow-up verses to go along with this. This is just a mind-blower. Some of you I know are aware of this, and some, you know, you may have overlooked this just because of how great it is. But anyway, John 17, verse 20 through 23. Hang with me on the Scriptures. Hang on, just listen real careful. like. In fact, follow along with me in your Bible, if you would. I I, I forgot to mention that earlier. I, I do ask you to do that. that. That's for your sake. Anyway, neither pray for these alone, but for them Also, which shall believe on me through their words. Who's he talking about? Is he talking about the 12 or is he talking about us? Aren't we the ones who believe through their word? Check it out. That they all may be one as you, Father, are in me and I in you. That they also may be one in us. That the world may believe that you have sent me. Now watch this. And the glory which you gave me, I have given them. Did you hear that? The glory which you gave me, I have given them. That's you, by the way. That's me. That they may be one, even as we are one, I in them and you in me. That they may be made perfect in one and that the world may know that you have sent me and has loved them as you have loved me. Isn't that wild? So, Jesus taken his glory and he's given it to us right so how did that happen how does that work exactly because that sounds pretty crazy but you know what i didn't say it jesus did right i didn't write this you know i'm not making this up this is this is his words which is also why you can go to the bank with it if you will romans 8 14 through 18 check this out For as many are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. Right? There we go. For you have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption, whereby we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit itself bears witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. And if children, then heirs, heirs of God, and joint heirs with Christ, if so be that we suffer with Him. That we may also be glorified together. For I reckon not, I'm sorry, for I reckon that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory, check this out now, with the glory which shall be revealed in us. So here we have back in John 17, Jesus saying, The glory that you've given me, I give them. And now we see in John 8, uh, 18 that this glory is going to be revealed at some time. So we have the glory in us by Holy Spirit. So through Holy Spirit, we have Jesus dwelling in us and the Father in Him, us in Him, Him in us, that we would be one. So that's why it says, greater is he, that's he, greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. That's where we can be confident. And by the way, Let me talk about confidence for just a brief moment before we go on. Some of you struggle with being confident, right? There's this big emphasis out there about self-confidence, but here's true confidence. It's being confident in the one that dwells or lives in you, right? That's true confidence. It's being confident in the one that lives in you, meaning also that He's made provision for every aspect of your life. Everything that you've gone through, everything you're going to go through, He's made provision for every step of the way so be confident in him so if he's called you to do something place your faith in him and allow his faith to operate in you whoop there we go so again walking by perfect faith requires holy Spirit Galatians 5 verse 23 so let's 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 sum this up a little bit so we can understand that it's not our faith that we're walking a walking with in other words the Lord gave us faith but we were to take our faith, and put it in him, right? And then in turn, he places his faith in us. Because once I'm crucified with Christ, it's no longer me that's alive. In other words, the old is, is passed away, right? Those that are in Jesus or Christ Jesus are a new creature. Old things are are are, are past and all things have become new, right? We've become a new absolute model, if you will. So now we're no longer walking by a faith that we once had. We are now moving in a faith of jesus and not only that but think about it if it's my faith then i would have a tendency to take the glory for it but this way jesus gets all the glory the father gets all the glory we honor the father by honoring the son by walking by his faith because he is worthy so again walking by perfect faith walking by his faith requires holy spirit and here's some verses to go along with what i mean by that or to explain what i mean by that in Galatians 5, verses 22 through 23, it says, But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, faith, <laughs> meekness, temperance. Against such there is no law. So the fruit of what? The Spirit. So this faith comes by the Spirit. It's not you or me. This faith is something that's in us through Holy Spirit. So, by the way, let's put it this way. People talk about trying to grow your faith, right? Well, actually, it's more like having more confidence in Him because faith is really a submission issue because when you're submitted to Holy Spirit, He will lead you. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. So when the Lord's speaking to you, and we're again, we're going to get more into that here in just a minute. I'm getting ahead of myself a little bit. But when He's speaking to you, you're now starting to move into a place of faith. Check this out: First Corinthians seven or twelve. I'm sorry, verse seven through eleven. I probably won't read all the verses of this, but because I don't want to get into an entire teaching, this would be an easy one to get into an entire teaching. But I will show. But I'll give you a, sub, a little bit of a side note with this. Anyway, uh, verse seven through eleven said, "But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to every man to profit withal. For one." is given by the Spirit the word of wisdom, to another the word of knowledge, by the same Spirit, to another faith. And then if you read on, it talks about, you know, gifts of healings, work of miracles, prophecy, and so on. So the, the point is this. The way that the Holy Spirit manifests, or way Holy Spirit manifests, or one of the ways that He manifests through the believer is faith. Let me bring just a little clarification here. This is actually a different teaching, but I think it's worth noting at this point. The word says manifestation of the Spirit. It doesn't say the gifts of the Spirit, because in truth, Holy Spirit is the gift. And He manifests through the believers in this manner. Now, the other thing to consider when it comes to the manifestation of the Spirit is when you read chapters 12, 13, and 14 of 1 Corinthians, it's given you or given us instruction on how we are to operate publicly in a public setting. So, there are times when Holy Spirit's going to manifest through different people at different times doing different things, but at the same time, all these things are available to one believer. In other words, a believer should allow holy Spirit or the Holy Spirit kind of manifest through a believer in all these areas, not just one or two, but all of them, because it's Holy Spirit that's manifesting. Does that make sense? Okay, moving along so again. Manifestation of spirit, faith. Fruit of the spirit, faith, right? Are we getting it? Look at Ephesians 6, verse 13 through 18. Wherefore, take on to you the whole armor of God. Where does this armor come from? God, right? Or put on the new man, which is created in righteousness and true holiness, which is Ephesians 4:24. But back in Ephesians 6 now, right? Wherefore, take on to you the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having all to stand having done all to stand stand therefore having your loins girt about with truth and having the breastplate of righteousness and your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace above all taking the shield of faith wherewith you sh- shall be able to quench the fiery darts of the wicked and take on the, sal- the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit which is the word of god praying always with all prayer and supplication in the spirit and watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all saints. So, part of the armor of God, again, faith. That's part of the new man. It's the Spirit in us, working in us. So, it's it's His faith. That's how it happens. That's how we have perfect faith, is by having Holy Spirit living in us and operating through us. And so, again, the more submissive we are, the more we will walk by perfect faith, by the way. Okay, again, getting close to the end. What does walking by perfect faith look like then? Just as I quoted this earlier, Matthew 4, 4, where Jesus said, It is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Then in Romans ten seventeen, it says, So then faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. See, again, we just touched on this a little bit ago. It's not just the gospel message we're talking about here. We're also talking about listening to the voice of God. Now think about this. Jesus said in John 10, verse 27, My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. My sheep hear my voice. So if Jesus says, My sheep hear my voice, that means there's a voice to be heard, and that's his Now, here's an interesting verse. I don't know if you've caught this before. You know, first time I saw this, I thought, ah, okay. This underscores the very things that we were just talking about. In Acts chapter 1, verse 1 and 2, it says, The former treatise I have made, O Theopolis, of all that Jesus began both to do and teach until the day in which he was taken up. After that, look at this, after Jesus was taken up, right? He, through the Holy Ghost, had given commandments unto the apostles whom he had chosen. So after Jesus ascended, because Jesus said, you know, it was necessary or it was needful for him to ascend to the Father so that he could spend, uh, send Holy Spirit to us so that we could do the greater works. So perfect faith is the faith of Jesus operating through you by Holy Spirit. That's the short of it. So as far as what it looks like, it's really it's really you and me communing with God and just listening and talking. You know, I, I've, I've given this example before, but um, just to kind of get a better idea about how this works. You know, prayer isn't communion alone. In other words, commun- uh, prayer is part of communion with the Lord. It's part of fellowship. And again, I, I try not to get too anecdotal when it comes to teaching the Word of God because what's important is what's in the Bible And what it says there and the examples that are given there. And then this is something I was going to say earlier in relation to the Acts chapter one passage. If you read all through the book of Acts, you see where Holy Spirit was leading the apostles in what they said, where they went, and so on. So Jesus was speaking to them through Holy Spirit, right? And that's the way we operate today. We spend time in communion with the Lord. So it's not just merely starting to spout off prayer, but it's actually sitting time sitting in his presence. In fact, again, I'll just show this one example. And that is there was I remember in a particular morning I was gonna just start praying. And I you know, I don't know about you, but I've had times of kind of romanticized prayer. So I thought, all right, I'm gonna get on my hands and knees, I'm just gonna have it out before the Lord, I'm gonna pray and I'm gonna intercede and I was starting to go to the floor and then all of a sudden I just heard this, stop. Just just stop. Wait a minute. Just come come, sit down. And let's talk for a little while. I mean, we, we'll do that in a little bit. We'll pray in a little bit. But let's just commune. And that, by the way, opened up prayer. Because I don't know about you, but I, I've had times when I've wondered, what in the world am I going to pray about? Or who am I going to pray for? And if I know... Or have an inkling about who, how am I going to pray for them? But when I slowed down and just sat with the Lord and this is okay, Lord, you know, because like Jesus said, taught us, Your kingdom come, your will be done in earth as it is in heaven. The idea is to come in agreement with God. So when we sit in this presence and start listening to the preceding word, he'll give us the things that we need to pray. He might have his pray in our understanding. He might give us specifics that way. He might have his pray in tongues, which that's a different teaching to get into at another time, perhaps. Bottom line is praying in the Spirit. But it's going to come from a standpoint or a place of fellowship. Now, here's the real cool part about this. You do understand that God absolutely loves you, right? And because He loves you, He wants to spend time with you. He wants to do things with you. You know, And that's why perfect faith is available to you. That's why you can walk by perfect faith. And, of course, the thing about faith, too, is understanding that it's God that brings the promises to the past. Our part of faith is to simply obeying what He tells us to do and then leaving the results up to Him. It takes a lot of pressure off. Think about it. If I'm walking by the faith of Jesus, I don't have to try to build my faith up. I don't have to try to generate something that's not there. I can just simply enter into His rest by ceasing from my own works, which we find that in in chapter 4 of Hebrews, that those that have entered into His rest have ceased from their own works. That means I can enter in and rest in the relationship and allow Holy Spirit to lead me in the way I pray or the things that I say or the things that I do. That's, that's what it really looks like, or that's what it looks like to walk by perfect faith, is to simply sweet communion with God, who's an amazing Father, who absolutely loves you. And as a side note, if you question whether He loves you, ask answer this question, do you love Him? Because if you love Him, it's because He loved you first. That is a big sign. So, with all that, let's just close it up right here and right now, and we may or may not get into this to another time, but, well, let me, let me stop for just a moment. A couple things. If you want to go deeper on Perfect Faith, i have got a book. It's entitled Perfect Faith, His Faith, Not Ours. I'm going to leave a link in the description. Uh, if you want to go deeper, feel free to click on that link. You'll find it. It'll link into Amazon. That's where you can find the book. Uh, sometime we will be doing an audio version of it. As a matter of fact, uh, the first nine episodes of season four is an audio version podcast style of the book so you can listen to the book with a little bit of interjection here and there but at any rate if you want to go deeper and you want to look, want to go a little bit deeper in perfect faith or the faith of Jesus just uh, click on the link and get the book and another thing too if you would you know maybe subscribe to this if this is a help you know hit the bell and get the notifications for new new videos again we had the Perfect Faith Shorts, by the way, for those just one little minute videos that are a minute or less, actually, to help encourage you or challenge you in your walk. So, okay, enough of the commercial. We'll move on now, right? So, Father, in the name of Jesus, I just pray for my brother and my sister. I ask that you bless them in their goings and their comings. I bless, bless their household in Jesus' name. Let their household be a sanctuary, Lord. Thank you for prospering the works of their hands. Thank you for giving them deeper revelation of who you are and your deep love for them. Bless them in every way in Jesus' name. Amen. Be blessed, my friend.